BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And we have a fun show for you today. We're really going to talk about consistency, expectations, effectiveness, all sorts of stuff. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Patreon. We've got a Patreon account. It's a simple way to support the show. You can go out there. It's just like giving us a tip for all the great tips we're giving you. Isn't that Ooh, right, Julie? You like that? I like that. that. I just nice. thought of that. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. We can use that. Yeah. So um, head on over to our Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash bizquick. And that information is in the show notes. So how you doing today, Julie? I'm go- I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit tired. I have been on a whirlwind of networking stuff this morning. And, you know, it was a lot of peopling. And despite what you think, Corey, I'm an introvert and I'm tired now. <laughs> How are you? Uh, you know, I'm good. Just plugging along, figuring things out as we go. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> I feel like I've had a lot of brain activity today. Yeah. So I had a, uh interesting, uh, interesting slash frustrating slash, it was just a weird exchange yesterday. So mm. I was signing up for this service and the woman on the phone, I needed to give her a credit card number. Mm-hmm. And so I gave her my credit card number and then there's this whole miscommunication just because in my opinion mm-hmm. for most if not 99.9% of the planet who has a credit card there's a certain rhythm that you give when reading out your credit card number four digits yes yeah it's, you know 5111 2121 whatever like you mm-hmm. you break it up into fours mm-hmm. and so i was reading off my card and we went back and forth like three or four times trying to get my card number right because I read off my card and then she re- she would reply back in threes. <laughs> so if the first four digits of my card are 5118, she would be, okay, 511802. I'm like, <laughs> and she kept missing digits and then I was missing digits. I'm like, well, you just do the, like everybody else. Why don't you read it off in fours? Um, and it was just a funny exchange. And it was like in terms of, Customer service, for example, I think that everybody expects that. It's not like it ruined the the service. It didn't ruin the experience. It was just, you know, it was mildly annoying just to have to kind of go back and forth. And You know what's weird, though? What I can't help thinking about when you were telling this story? Okay, so you, you lived that once, right? This person probably takes credit card numbers multiple times every day. Every day, this person probably experiences the exact same thing and doesn't realize she's the one doing it weirdly. Yeah, why, why, is that, why am I the only sane one over here type thing? It's like, no, you're the crazy one. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, that would, uh, yeah, that would be really weird because there's just a consistency, right? There's a rhythm to it and, you know, it's four sets of four on a credit card. Yeah. You should read it out, four numbers. Yes. Pause, four more, pause. Yeah, it's simple. Right. And when somebody screws it up or, or reads it back to you differently, you're like, wait, what? 
Yeah. Throws you off expectations. It, it reminded me of this little uh, stand up bit that I saw. I don't know the person's name who this was years and years ago, but he was talking about phone number rhythm. Yeah. Everybody was bum, 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 bum. And he's like, so he's talking to his friend. He doesn't have phone number rhythm. So he's like, what's your phone number? He's like, eight, two, three, four, seven, seven. He's like, <laughs> just breaks it up all weird for no reason. Like, <laughs> wait, what? Yeah. Start over. That's funny. Yeah. Well, that is actually, you know, I guess as a society, we expect things to occur a certain way. Yeah. And we're all, I mean, we're, humans are great at uh, routines, patterns, recognizing patterns, all of that. And when something's off, it's off. Right. And, you know, that's, I mean, we, we evolved this way to be able to understand patterns and seasons and, uh, and be a f- more efficient, right? Yeah, and be more efficient because you know it's it's not it's not always necessarily a good thing. You do need to change from time to time, but having that consistency, that routine, especially if you're talking about like raising kids, or you know they 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 need to be in bed at a certain time. They mm-hmm. need to have lunch. Like there's all these things that they should happen, and it just completely screws them. If they don't get that that consistency, that routine. Yeah, they become monsters. They become little terrorists. Yes. 100%. I was just this past weekend um, hanging out with some friends, and we went to um, a party. And one of the friends brought their daughter with. And we were at the party kind of late. And I thought... How old's the daughter? Seven. Okay. Because if you're going to say 17, that would be a whole different story. No, seven. And... uh, it, we, it was late for her. You know, she's falling asleep just kind of standing there. Yeah. And, well, there was also a wild bird loose in the house. So there was just a lot of really weird things going on. And, um, you know, but, um, you know, that consistency in the routine. And, you know, when someone asked about what time's her bedtime? And they're like, well, it's a little later on the weekends. Like 1 a.m. later? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think... Consistency and expectations, you know, that leads to efficiency, optimization, but it also, like, daily habits play into that really well, right? So when you, that's the reason you build habits, to become more efficient, more effective, to get things done quicker or, you know, consistently across the board. Those are important as entrepreneurs, for sure. Yeah, but you also can get lulled into, like, a false sense of security, when if you're doing the same thing day in and day out, day in and day out and not analyzing, is, is this, this yeah. is this the best thing or is there a threat to what I'm doing? Yeah. And, and you're not, you're not trying to improve or change. You're just doing the same thing over and over. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a really good way to look at it too, is how, you know, how much value add am I getting from this thing that I'm doing? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, I mean, it, there's that trope. Um, I don't, what's a trope? The, like a, a common thing, like in like comedy or, or acting or whatever, where it's like, um, uh, British people have bad teeth or they're the, or they, they're the evil person, uh, in the movie. Oh, that's something, called a trope. Something like that. Yeah. Oh. I, I don't think I define it very well, but it's okay. just, it's that thing. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, but like, it's that, <laughs> that saying where, where it's just like, you know, we're doing it this way because that's the way we've always done it. And that's just a terrible approach to business. Yeah. You know. In life. Yes. <laughs> a very good point. Um, so you want to take a quick break? All right. So before we jump to break, 
Let's talk a little bit about Certivium. Certivium is our other business. It's sort of like having another child. So Certivium is a business that is focused on social media management and customer engagement. And we are really good at those two things. And we have these affordable packages that make it easy for you to outsource your customer engagement and your social media management to us so you can continue to focus on those high value tasks inside your business and know that your customers are still taken care of and that your social media is gaining momentum and following and lots of engagement. So check us out at sbpace.com. And you can look at our services for social media management and customer engagement, or you can go to certivium.com and all of that information will be in the show notes and we will be right back after the break. All right, and welcome back to the show. We are excited to have Jake Thompson on. He is a keynote speaker, author, and the chief encouragement officer at Compete Every Day. And we're going to jump into some topics today that he's an expert on and he likes to talk about. So welcome to the show, Jake. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to follow up from our last conversation. It is. That was a good conversation. Yeah, we recently had Jake on our radio show, Defeat the Chaos, and we were... Gosh, I don't even remember what we were talking about. That's how much. That's how full my brain is today. <laughs> we went way off track. I think we had the intention of like, how do we control the controllables and habits? And we ended up talking shutdowns and the feeling of motivation and all of this other stuff, which was a, a fun uh, ad lib conversation there on the spot. Oh, that's right. We did. We talked about um, motivation and it being, uh, you can't have external things for motivation. You have to be internally motivated. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. So tell our listeners a little bit about Compete Every Day and what it is that uh, y'all do over there. Yeah. Best way to describe it today is a training and development company. However, if I were to look back over it, it's been a roller coaster is the best way to describe it. I started in 2011 selling t-shirts out of the trunk of my car with the branded Compete Every Day on it because I wanted to encourage and more than anything, motivate people to stop settling for what life gave them, the, the job they hated, the relationship that was just good enough, the expectations of other people, and start really showing up and competing to be their best. Over the last 11 years now, uh, just new opportunities presented themselves. In about 2015, companies started asking me to come talk to their team. What does it mean to compete every day? How do you teach other people this mentality? And so that really set me down a new path to starting to shift our company away from primarily e-com to now we do training and development. I'm keynote speaking. I do coaching, team coaching, and executive coaching. We still have uh, the apparel side, but we added a podcast and a book and a lot of other things. But really, we're just on a mission to help ambitious people build the habits and focus and skills required to win their pursuits, whatever those pursuits may be. So that's both in personal lives, business lives, everything, just can continuously improve. Yeah. I mean, I believe like a lot of individuals, the better we build ourselves as people, the better we can show up and work. And really talking to our audience, my audiences about it, my clients of, 
How do we, yes, help your employees do better in their role, be more successful in the work they do, but how can we equip them to be more successful in life? Because we know it crosses over. If you're miserable in your personal life, it's going to be really hard to be productive and successful in your career and vice versa. They just tend to bleed over because it's not like we can really flip switches on and off all the time. And so how do we develop the person give them the skills to be more successful in their jobs or pursuits outside of it, and then let them get after it. I want to ask you a question about quitting. So I just heard this thing yesterday. You know, as entrepreneurs, there's a lot of mixed messages that we get. There's a lot of pressure that comes, right? You know, it's that, you know, there's a, there's this sort of notion that entrepreneurs, if you really want to be successful, you should be working 18 hours a day and, you should be the grind and you should love it. And you should always be posting about it on social media. (laughs) And I heard this, just this very small clip yesterday, but I heard enough of it to be like, Hmm, that's interesting. And this is basically what it said. The difference between winners and losers is that losers quit and winners never quit. They keep going until the job is done. And I thought, what a horrible message for entrepreneurs. And especially for people like me, who I am, for as mentally tough as I am, I'm also really able to very conveniently mentally screw myself over by telling myself things like that. So how do you, what do you first off, what do you think about the concept of losers quit and winners never do? And how do you sort of coach people or speak through that with people? Yeah. So that's one of those, it depends gray areas. And the reason I preface it as that, I think a majority of society quit when things become difficult, uncomfortable, when they have a setback, when they fail, when they fall short of expectations, when they feel like they don't belong. And so there's a truth to that quote that winners are the type of individuals that when things don't go their way or how they expected, they still keep going. They find a way to make it work. So there is 100% of truth to that. However, depending on who you are and what lens you're looking through, there's also a really big importance to knowing what to quit and when to quit. Think about it. There's business owners that are pouring money into a business idea that's never going to make money. They've not done the work on finding their audience. They've not done the work to building a good product or even a needed product. And so they need to quit that in order to focus on something that's actually adding value and can grow and thrive. And so it's it's really that depends space, but you have to ask yourself, am I thinking about quitting because I'm uncomfortable, because I'm, I failed, because I'm embarrassed because of this, or am I quitting because the information, the data, the customers are not buying this and we've tried a hundred different ways to be able to market this, to build this business, and it's just not coming together. Now am I quitting to redirect my energies and focus into something else? And that's the big difference. And you know, for us, 2013, 14, we spun off and started a side t-shirt company because we would have just kind of fun ideas that had nothing to do with compete every day, but they were marketable. And we sold the shirts, we had stores picking it up, but I noticed it, it was growing, but it wasn't where I was passionate. And it was taking my attention and focus away from what I was really driven to do, which is build the Compete Everyday brand. And so I had to understand this is something I have to quit 
And that's 100% okay because where I'm putting my time, energy, and focus now is into what really matters and what I'm driven by. It's not because I'm uncomfortable. It's not because I failed or I'm embarrassed or worried what other people think. It's because I see the opportunity of what my mission is and I've got to double down on it versus being distracted by other stuff. Does that help answer that question? It does. It does. I want to get into the idea of competition because uh, right now in your background, you've got a poster of Patrick Mahomes there. And so sports fan and, and competition is very good in my opinion. And it's starting though to kind of become a bad word in today's today's society competing because there means that there's a loser that means <laughs> that uh, like just in general that we want everybody to be equal so it's if you have an unfair advantage because you're taller stronger faster that like we need to now penalize you so that I can keep up with you in whatever it is that we're doing um so have you run into that and what are your thoughts on that Oh, yeah. Uh, And and I hate it. Uh, I hate the idea that people believe competition's bad. From the standpoint of I 100% believe competition brings out the best within us when we have the right focus. As a business owner, without competition, you're not pressured, pushed, challenged to make better products or create a better experience. People just are going to buy because they have to buy. It's like, being in an old timey small town where people can't order off Amazon and they don't know about another general market store. Like even if you're just a pain in the butt, they have to shop with you because they have no other options. However, when another store opens in town, well, now you've got some competition, which means if that store is better at customer experience and people walking in the door and how they feel when they leave, you've got a problem. So you either have to change your model and improve how you do business or you're going to go extinct. And so competition is actually really great. Here's the thing. Every single one of us, regardless of where we come from, we have different experiences that give us advantages in different areas. Some people are born more athletically. Some people understand and obtain knowledge more easily. Some people are born with really good connections. However, regardless of where you start, it's what you do with it a lot of times that really counts. How do, you, how do you build and prepare and work for opportunities to put yourself in a position to capitalize? Every day in sports, every year in sports, there is a backup who is put into the starting lineup to take over for somebody that got hurt, suspended, they're out, whatever, and they drop the ball because they didn't prepare for that moment and that opportunity because they weren't ready for it. Same thing works in life. On the flip side, there's also a lot of people that step in like Tom Brady and say, I may not be fully ready for this moment, but I'm going to work on it and I'm going to give my best shot and I'm going to do the work. And, and we see those people succeed. And so comp- without competition, it's a bad setup because the customer loses, the in-person loses, and we're not challenged to get our best. And so that's where you've got a lot of outside forces and, and knowing, you know, talking small businesses, there's an incredible book by Carol Roth called The War on Small Business that talks about the last couple of years and how small businesses are in a very different competition because of certain regulations and and things that have happened outside of their control that have actually limited the customer's end experience because it prevents certain groups from making better products, breaking into markets, things like that. And so I'm always for competition. I think when I look at mine, there's other apparel brands out there. I don't see us as, I, I believe you had a post not too long ago, Julie, about direct competitors, indirect competitors, where are people spending money? Like, I love that because there's not really anybody doing exactly what we do. There's, there's other speakers, there's other apparel brands, there's other authors. 
but I'm focused on how do we do this best? And I can look at other groups in those space that most people would be like, oh, that's your competition. Say, man, look at what they do really well. Look at how they, they do this on the custom production side. Look how well they run their social media. What can we learn from them? Not comparing myself to them and getting caught up just trying to beat them because they're doing something very different than we are. But what can we learn from them? And that's where I think most business owners get wrapped up in, they get burnt out on this idea of competition is because they spend their time comparing themselves to everybody else, regardless of whether that other person has a high bar of standard or a low bar. And they're just trying to be just good enough to beat them instead of saying, what can I learn from these people that do things really well? And how can I take my business to the next level? That the, the idea, like when we started off talking about that general store um, and how bad that is, uh, like of, of just an idea in general, like I've got just a quick story where I was uh, uh, working in a restaurant in, in downtown Richmond here and this ass clown of a, a business owner came in and was basically trying to just get all the other restaurants shut down. He was doing going out of his way to just make it miserable for these other businesses to exist because he wanted to be the only restaurant because in his mind, then he gets all the customers. But his restaurant wasn't that great to begin with. And people have cars. They can they can they can order food. They can bring food from home. And in his mind, everybody in that neighborhood will now have to go eat at his restaurant because he's the only restaurant. It's like, well, no, that means people are going to leave when they're hungry. They're going to go elsewhere. They're going to go where the restaurants are. And that just that idea right there for him because his business was struggling was to look around. Well, maybe I should change the 1970s decor inside my building. Maybe I should start training my staff. Like there's all of these things that you could do to continue to be a better business. But he just thought, oh, I need to put everybody else out of business and then I will get all of the business. And you see, you, you see those people, you know, those people. I'm very much under the, the opposite mentality that a rising tide raises all ships. And so the better you get, the better you raise the standard of what customers expect, which raises how we go about our business. How can we improve? How can we get better? And you're not stretched unless you have someone there that you're competing with for those customers' attentions and dollars. Otherwise, you're just kind of comfortable and be like, well, they have no other option. Just take it or leave it. Yeah. How long did it take you to become an overnight success? (laughs) <laughs> Still don't think I'm there. Uh, and I'm 11 years, I'll be 11 years in May uh, going business. There is a number of reasons that it took us a while to get momentum. Um, a lot of the stuff that you teach and you talk about, you know, the first couple of years, I'm just trying to figure out the business. I have no idea about e-commerce and apparel. So I'm just trying to learn it. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'm really focused on the message over just the products. And so Man, we lost $20,000, $30,000 trying to work with factories on custom production because I was trying to be like a Nike, like a Lulu, thinking I had to have custom gear, even though I had zero experience and connections in that space. And so we tried that. We, My attention was pulled elsewhere with other stuff. And so eventually it got to the point of really when I started training as a speaker and really tightening the message and saying, this is what I'm all about. This is what I teach people. This is how I want to help. Now, how can I use the brand to also influence people in that direction? We just continue to, to refine and tweak the messaging. We, I'm always looking at our messaging and saying, here's the person I'm trying to talk to every day. I see them. I know them. I know their avatar. I know what they like to do during the week. I know just their mentality on life. And so I'm always looking and, and just massaging the copy and the text and everything because I know who we're going after. And for the first few years, I didn't. I tried to go after everybody because I was like, 
Everybody can compete. Everybody has the opportunity to compete. Let me help everybody. And that's the worst mentality in business. <laughs> I don't. And here's the thing. Everybody can, but not everybody will. And so right. I had to come to the point and say, I want the people that have some drive, that have some fire, that have some ambition. They're doing the work or they have a desire to. They just don't know how. Give me those people because they're the ones that just say, I want to be better. I want to change my life. I want to change my career. I don't know how or I don't know how to get to that next level. Then I'm for you. And so everything we've done from a messaging on apparel standpoint to the content I put out is driven at that person. And that's made the whole difference of for anybody listening, not only identifying what that messaging needs to be, but being consistent with it for years over and over and over again, hitting that message from a couple of different angles, continuing to tell that same story to let people know when you come to our page, you're going to fit right in. You love this or you're not for it. And that's a hundred percent. Okay. And I used to take it personally and be like, I want everybody. I don't want everybody. Right. And I don't want everybody coaching because I don't want the people that don't want to do the work. I don't want to hang out the people that just talk, Like, give me the people that have drive. And so if, if that's not you, that's okay. I'll wish you well, but this brand isn't for you. And so that's key is identify who your person is, just continually work the content and messaging for them. And then you got to be consistent because we got to see those messages over and over and over again before we even consider a buying decision. Even at a low, even at a you know lower price point, right? So yeah, you have you have the apparel, you have you do speaking, you do coaching inside your, yep. your company, yeah, yeah. And so you're looking at you know you can get somebody like can see your t-shirts and buy. For the longest time, I thought that you were a t-shirt company, right? And I don't think it was until Corey and I talked to you shortly after the pandemic started that I realized that really like you were a speaker, a keynote speaker, because we talked a lot about how, you know, all of those opportunities just sort of went away in 2020. And you were like, okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure some things out. Right. But it's so interesting to see, you know, in a lot of ways we have, we're serving the same market right? But we're, we serve it very, very differently and different segments of the market, right? Like I, we want the people who are really, really struggling, but want to figure it out. Like they don't have the first clue, like how to figure out, you know, how to, how to close a deal, or they don't have the first clue who to market to or how to talk to their market. And what's really started to work well for us is talking about the things that we failed at so hard right? when we started because we, you know, you think you're supposed to know it all. You kind of think you know more than you do when you start and then you realize, oh, and, and so really being very honest and transparent about that. And some of those things are embarrassing. Like Jake, we didn't realize we had to focus on sales for like nine months. Nine months. Don't worry. I get it. I a hundred percent get that. Well, yeah. And it's what's interesting about what you said there. What I just absolutely love is the talking about it. A lot of us are doing things and not talking about what we're doing. And so you take what you talked about on the speaking side. I really didn't start speaking full time. I had some talks and keynotes here and there in 15, 16, 17, but like 18 was the year of like, I kind of want to go all in on this. And so I got a few at the end of 18, but 19, I was speaking and I'm just talking about it. Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm helping. 
And that started just to pour a little bit, I say diesel at first, because it was a, a slow build on the fire before kind of gasoline took off in the last year and a half after the book came out. And so you've got to talk about it. But then the, the other part that I, I absolutely love is perfect people, perfect leaders, perfect coaches don't help imperfect people. Mm -hmm. And we're all imperfect people. We all have flaws. We all have failures. And so when we see people online at level X, we don't understand all the levels that went to get there. And so we just assume they had it easier. They had it perfect. They don't know all the steps there. But when you start talking about like failing, or like me talking about how much debt I was carrying or messing up on stage or any of this stuff, like you start to open up the conversations to help people. And those listening, like the more they hear that you're going through what they've gone through, the more opportunities you have to help them. And so I just want to hammer that home for anybody listening on how you said that, because it is a game changer. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I think we need to start wrapping up. I do want to tell you one thing before we do it. I re I remembered yesterday because I had a memory come up on my Facebook memories from three years ago. And I thought, Oh, that's Jake's fault that I do that because you posted a video three years ago of some person who you recommended if people wanted to learn how to cut the sleeves off of their t-shirts. And I saw that video and now I have an entire dresser full of sleeveless t-shirts. <laughs> and I was like, I literally was like, am I the only person on the planet who buys t-shirts just to get them to cut the sleeves off? Nope. You would be <laughs> shocked. We'll post occasionally. We'll post a video of like, Hey, if you like this shirt, but you want to, you want to cut the sleeves or you want to crop it. And we've posted some reels on like people doing it and showing it. And I get so many DMS of people laughing. Like, am I the only one who spends 25 to 30 bucks on a shirt just to cut it up? And I'm like, no, actually you're not. A lot of people do because at this point you're buying it. It's your top. Wear it how you want to wear it. Yeah. My favorite is still my sort of army green one that just says compete every day on it. That's my favorite. It's old. It's really old. So now it's really my favorite because it's super comfortable. It's worn in. That's right. <laughs> it is. All right, Jake. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Listeners, y'all can um, find Jake, follow him, get in contact with him at competeeveryday.com. And we'll put that in the show notes. And we really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to join us today. And we appreciate you, our listeners. And like I said, everything you need to know is in the show notes. And if you want to work with us, uh, if you want to connect with us, if you want to find out anything about us, you can go to our website, sbpace.com. Everything's out there, including links to Certivium, which Julie told you about earlier in the show. We've got all sorts of free content out there, and we also gladly accept cash. We do accept cash and credit cards, Corey. Yes. We'll take credit cards four digits at a time, though, please. Yes. <laughs> All right. We have a radio show. It is called Defeat the Chaos. It's on the Voice America Business Channel. It's live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern, but you can always catch the replay. And go back and listen to the show from February 10th. I'm pretty sure that's the show when we had Jake on there. So you can listen to other, our fantastic conversation from then. Um, also, Download and rate our podcast, subscribe and give us a review. Man, we love feedback. Judge the hell out of us because we really, really like that. And if there's a topic you want to hear about, reach out and let us know. Don't forget to purchase our book. It is a number one 
Amazon bestseller. It is called Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. We have a digital workbook download, and if you've already purchased it, please go back out there to rate and review it. Yeah, see, there's that judging thing again. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses compete every day.